Welcome to the Nurture Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Kagan, president of DCA Virtual Business Support. At DCA, we believe in small businesses and the families they support. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Jerry Fu is a conflict resolution coach who helps Asian American leaders advance in their career and life journeys. Having taken on several pharmacy leadership roles, Jerry started coaching in 2017 to help other Asian American professionals deal with the conflict they encounter at work, with their culture, and within themselves. Prior to starting his coaching business, Jerry served as a pharmacist and began facilitating leadership workshops in 2012. Today, Jerry offers a range of coaching services, which includes individual coaching, group workshops, and keynote presentations. Jerry, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Denise. Glad to be here. So um, in our our pre-conversation, we talked a little bit about you, and I learned something. You you have a um, pretty fun hobby that you do. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners about it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, salsa dancing is nothing I would have picked for myself when I was growing up, but then you know what? It just at some point just took over my life and uh, became a very involved hobby. And now it's to a point where I actually help out as a volunteer instructor for a salsa dancing club at my alma mater, which is local. So it's definitely gone a long way from barely knowing how to dance, let alone lead. And now I'm teaching other people to, you know, help them enjoy dancing as much as I enjoy dancing. So grateful for that community. Yeah. Yeah. And dancing is a really fun community because I've done swing dance, contra dance, and it's, it's just really cool because, um, I don't know, it's just the connection there. It feels warm and it feels natural. So yeah, that makes sense. So tell me a little bit more about your business. Yeah. Um, yeah, based on, you know, the bio information, right? The the business came about for a couple of different things. The first is that there's just this ongoing struggle I dealt with growing up with conflict diversion and, you know, like people pleasing and just being afraid of people being upset with me for whatever reason, whether fairly or not. And so you have this underlying current of everything I'm dealing with, you know, whether it's in friendships that went south or, you know, parental challenges or even, you know, academic ones where you have to contest with a professor over a grade you thought was unfair, right? So there's all sorts of examples, no shortage of them in terms of, hey, how do I speak up when I feel like something uh, doesn't jive with me very well, right? And so you have this undercurrent of what kind of career do I want and, you know, parents disagree over where they think I should be and what kind of profession I should have versus the one I feel like I really want. And to be fair, you know, healthcare uh, careers run in my family. You know, my grandpa practiced in Taiwan. It's a physician for 50 years. I grew up with two cousins who both went to Harvard and became doctors as well. So very high bar to set and, and clear. And so when I, you know, got to see in organic chemistry. And, you know, I said, well, that's the end of that. Right. And I still <laughs> said, well, let me, let me pick something else in healthcare that would still be good. And so that's how pharmacy came about. And so I'm getting to the part where I'm starting my business because, you know, in my pharmacy journey, I got fired, right. Just not dealing with conflict well with my boss. And then, you know, I get in another situation where I have a boss who's ripping me off. My paychecks are bouncing and I don't know how to confront him. Right. So first wow. boss was, yeah, the first boss was like, why aren't you doing your job? And, you know, I was just like, I, I thought, well, if I gave them a, a convincing enough story, they should understand why I didn't get the job done, which doesn't work in business, right? Either you have excuses or you have results, but you can't have both, right? So that was a very tough wake-up call. 
but then, yeah, now I'm in a situation where I'm jeopardizing my license and the guy isn't even paying me. And now everyone's like, you've worked way too hard to deal with this kind of nonsense. What are you going to confront them on this? And you just say, how do you do that? Right. Cause what if he just disappears? Right. And now I have, you know, no money for the checks that he, uh, you know, ripped me off from, you know, then I was in a situation where my technicians were not pulling their weight. And I was just too afraid to write them up or fire them. And now, right now, management writes me up and now I'm on probation because I was not willing to do the hard work of cleaning house and, you know, holding people to a higher standard. And, you know, thankfully, in the middle of all this and teaching leadership workshops, I for a pharmacy nonprofit that some of my friends run, right? That was kind of what opened my mind up to say, hey, you know what? Despite these struggles, you could actually get good at this if you put in enough work, right? And so that skill set you know, save my career, right? Unless I had taken on the challenges of leadership within pharmacy, I wouldn't have a job today. And at the same time, you know, me getting tired of, of chasing scripts from doctors and fighting insurance companies that dictate, you know, how much I can even make as a pharmacist. Um, I said, well, you know, I'm tired of the, the up and down and the roller coaster that this has done, you know, but I love teaching these leadership workshops. What if I became a coach and facilitator full-time? still very scared of rejection and failure. And I tell people it took a pandemic for me to finally figure out, you know what, how much longer I'm going to wait to put this business into play and get some skin in the game. And so, yeah, October, 2020, just said, all right, let me get the LLC up. Let me open the bank account, let me get the website up. Now still try, struggle, fail. Uh, and initially I did get certified as a leadership coach through uh, the International Coaching Federation, but you know, Leadership coaches are a dime a dozen. Everyone can be a leadership coach, whether you get certified or not, right? Join the club. Literally, there's a club of leadership coaches. Right? <laughs> yeah, ICF, and, uh, actually. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> pay enough money. And uh, so I said, well, how can I position myself a little differently? And everyone in my life that knows me and knows my story said, Jerry, it's conflict. Like, whether it's your cross to bear, whether you chose it or not, like, this is the niche you should explore at least for the time being right because i've had personal challenges that i mentioned right i've had professional challenges you study something long enough and it becomes a fascination and now i now i'm in a position to teach others what i've experienced and learned so that maybe i can't spare them from these challenges but i can maybe help them handle them a little better so when your friends and family were telling you hey conflict resolution first of all i'm going to make an observation and i'm going to ask you a question yeah go ahead please so what I, what I heard in what you told me is that conflict and assertiveness did not come naturally to you. You avoided the conflict from what I heard mm-hmm. and, and, and were not assertive in, in you know, stating your ground. And, and conflict and, and assertion can go hand in hand and it doesn't necessarily have to be conflict if you're assertive. But your friend said, go into conflict. How did you feel at that time? Oh, I hated it. <laughs> I just didn't want to admit that they were right. Right. And because, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Right. If something happens to me. Right. And I was just told, hey, just, you know, turn the other cheek. Right. Just, you know, you, this is not the this is not the time to uh, die on this hill. Right. So let's let's give a story as a specific example. So we're not just talking in vague terms. So I'll give an example. Great. So one of my friends growing up, uh, is Muslim. And he started dating a Christian girl that he went to college with. 
which, you know, we can get into just the dynamics of how that would even work out. But the point is that for the time being, they were together. And at one point they hit a rough patch. And so he asked for my help being a Christian. He said, Hey, you know, how do I deal with this situation where, you know, even though there's obviously, you know, religious differences, but I'm trying to find some middle ground with her. And so we go through the Bible and I point out some things that, you know, seem contradictory and just, you know, how to reconcile this. And, you know, we have a discussion that's like, okay, I think I'm ready to talk to her. He copies me in on the email that he sends her and basically, you know, pasted scripture simply to state his case and not for what the content was, you know, on its own, right? He took it out of context in order to convince her that they should be together, which I got very upset with. And I, my mom, you know, I was, I was home for the summer. My mom saw me open up this email, read the email, react, you know, understandably upset that he would do this. And I'm like, I got to talk to him about this. Like, this is not okay. And my mom's just like, no, 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 no. Like, don't, you don't want to lose the friendship over something like this. Just, you know, just get over it. Right. Mm. This is the tone, right. That was set for me, both from a cultural standpoint and even the customer service standpoint, when I'm working for this chain pharmacy, right. And the customer is making completely, you know, inappropriate or possibly illegal request to, you know, do them a favor. Right. And I'm just like, no, this is unacceptable. I'm not going to, you know, jeopardize my license just to make you happy. What do they do? They go get your supervisor on the phone and the supervisor is just like, please make this problem go away. Just give him what he wants because we can't afford to lose your business. So yeah, you know, now you're just like, go home. Do I even have a spine at all? Like, when am I ever going to do But it's it, it's devalued you. I mean, Absolutely. devalued you, devalued that position, yeah. devalued that, you know, um, occupation, exactly. um, as well as cross some um, ethical and legal <laughs> lines. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. what you really want, yeah. For sure. So tell me about what are the types of problems that people come to you now with, you know, mm. as far as in their businesses? Yeah, yeah. With their businesses, usually it's uh, just an unhealthy culture, right? Like my boss is keeps like heaping piles of assignments and tasks and projects on me when I'm already overloaded, or he keeps taking credit for the work that he's giving me. Like, even if I understand that ultimately he's liable for any work that I do, I wish he would show me some appreciation for the work that I know he's delegated to me. I'll go over a specific example. Uh, so at one point, a client of mine called me and said, Hey, uh, my boss blew up at me today. And it was just really out of the blue, passive aggressive. Basically what happened was, right, he called me after hours, after our studio was closed. And, you know, I was off the clock. I was in the middle of something. I didn't have time to take his call. So we, next morning, he just blows up at me. Like, I can't believe you ignored my call. It's I feel completely disrespected. Like, I don't think you're really that committed to this job. Like, how dare you, right? And, she, you know, she's like, how do I... How do I have a conversation with him? Because I'm really upset about this, but I don't want to trigger him further and possibly get fired just because, you know, I hit another tripwire, right? And so that was a moment. There's a couple different kinds of coaching. One is, hey, well, you know, what's the real challenge here for you, right? <laughs> and you're asking questions. And, but if they don't have an idea of what success would sound like because they have no frame of reference, right? There's only so much they can get out of that. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those moments where it's like more like athletic coaching, where it's just like, okay, before you get on the field, I want you to look at points A, B, and C, you know, avoid point D. This is what you're shooting for. Here's the path that you need to take in order to be successful once you get out on the field. 
Right. So for her, you know, we talked about, okay, what would a successful conversation sound like? Here are some phrases that you can use to say, Hey, I'm sorry. Things are better between us. Right. So you're not apologizing for anything you used accusing you of that you have to like basically accept responsibility for. You just need to acknowledge that the relationship is broken and say, Hey, Step two would be to frame this conversation for his benefit to say, hey, look, sorry, things are better between us. I want to make sure I am the best employee I can be for you based on our conversation yesterday. What needs to change? And so these are the things I'm trying to give her a talk track, right? So she has some specific scripts that she can say so that she doesn't veer off into like frustration or, you know, emotions that a leader to say something that she would regret later. And so these are the kind of problems that people come to me with to say, Hey, how do I have a conversation with my boss about my career path so that I don't get fired in the next round of layoffs? How do I deal with this girl who, you know, she gave me her number, but then I, I go online and I find that she already has a boyfriend. Like, <laughs> You know, yeah, that, that, you know, real situations, right? And then, you yep. know, other workshops I've done, people are like, how do I network without feeling sleazy? That was one I did recently, right? Because mm. they don't want that conflict because there's this idea of building a relationship well, but people don't know how to do that in business or personally because, you know, either the story they tell themselves about the relationship is false or ineffective. So how do we give them a better story to work with so that they can actually have the relationships that are actually fruitful and thriving? And at least you know, if one isn't or if it's struggling, hey, you know what? At least let me be honest about why I'm upset with this person. And give Absolutely. them a voice and be able to articulate it well. So a couple of things come to mind. So the yeah. the phrases that you were giving her, I've always heard that referred to as I language. You yeah. know, when you're framing things, talk about, I feel this way, yeah. you know, rather than, you did this or you did that yeah. because just the tone of it, even though it may be truthful, comes off very accusatory and yes. blaming. Yes. So is one, one of the first observations that's, um, and we talk about that in our leadership teams all the time and I have to practice it. I'm okay. sometimes forget it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's easy to lapse into bad habits. Absolutely. Know, yeah. Absolutely. And then you mentioned networking, like as far as like business networking, we have a lot of our business owners who listen to this podcast, who do business networking. And I've done a lot of it. And I used to cringe at the people who would come into an event and, you know, like, here's my business card. It just really like, literally, you could just see them passing out to everybody yeah. and not attempting to have conversations. And like you said, it's about building the relationship. Um, I do have a slightly funny story in there. Though. Please share it. Yeah. I, so at one of the networking meetings I was at, it happened to be somebody there who owned a, basically a dating service. <laughs> and she nice. approached me and it was like, here, here's my car. Wait, are you single? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think there's a point of building relationships and where people need to learn how to speak and relate to people. And this is where that whole conflict thing comes in. When, when you work with clients, you do work with business clients and, and people who are in leadership roles, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. So you talked about upward conversations, like conversations with their bosses. Mm -hmm. Do you also talk about the other direction conversations, those to the, those who directly story. report to them? Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a first example and how I'm trying to do this better, right? So I had a technician who was perpetually late. And the first mistake was trying to have a group meeting where you're talking to everybody, but you're really talking to her. Right? <laughs> and I'm guessing the laughter is something like, this is familiar, <laughs> you know, right? I'm just going to saturate the area and hope that like the bomb kind of hits the target area, right? 
And so we'll call her Esther. So Esther, right, like we're talking over this. So she'll show up 30 minutes late and then she'll take another 15 just getting coffee and lollygagging and cutting up. And it's just like, we've lost like 45 minutes, right, of, of what could have been productive focused time. So we're talking about the benefits of punctuality and getting settled quickly. And so thankfully, for whatever reason, Esther actually realizes, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to start showing up on time. Like, okay. And she proceeds to be late for the next five days. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Clearly, you know, one-on-ones didn't work, you know, clearly like the group meeting didn't work. Okay. I'm going to have to write her up because a verbal warning didn't work and a group meeting didn't work. Okay. Now I have to kind of turn up the heat a little bit, right. Or at least give her strike one. And so the first tip I'm going to give people is to say, Hey, examine the evidence first, right? So it's not your interpretation of the evidence you can just print out a timesheet for her, right? And say, hey, look, these are the times, right? We open at nine. 9.05 is usually the latest that we can honestly qualify as being on time. And you're showing up at 9.30. It's not like 9.07, 9.08, where you're just kind of pushing the limits. Like you are clearly half an hour late. How do you want to explain this? And then they usually go into excuse making and, and, and victimhood because they don't want to admit that they could have had more control over the outcome. And it's not to lack empathy, it's just, you know, it's just how you want to view the situation. Can I just, you know, work later and just show up later, you know, as long as I get the work done, as long as I'm here for eight hours a day. But that puts me, right? Like, what if I need to leave on time, right? Like, I'm the one closing the pharmacy. And so I told Esther, I said, look, you know, you basically have three options here. Either you move closer, leave early enough to show up on time, or you find a job that allows this kind of thing where it's like closer to you, right? Or willing to deal with the fact that you are late. And, you know, she didn't like that. So how did that turn out in the end? So, I mean, I just basically explained the consequences, right? It was just a very matter of fact, and I'll, I'll get to the, like the big reveal as to how to make this, you know, uh, more tolerable for the person having to initiate this conversation. So I told her, I was like, look, we took you aside privately and said, this was unacceptable. We had a group meeting to, you know, emphasize that this was unacceptable and we didn't embarrass you, right? We were just trying to remind everybody of the standard that we're trying to hold everybody to, right? We're paying you the same amount of money for that we're paying them. Like, so I'm not sure why we need to make exceptions for you just because you think you're not capable of this. So the secret to this is that you have to do it trusting that they can fulfill the potential that you see in them. That's where the frustration often lies is that for bosses, right? You see your people for their best and you just get frustrated that they just don't want to live up to the potential that you see in them. And so something you could say, right? Again, say it skillfully. I know a coach that has all these great videos on this. And you say something like, I wouldn't tell you this unless I thought you were capable of handling it. This is one of the most loving things I can do for you is to hold you to a higher standard. I mean, I'm getting chills and saying that out loud right now. Here's the thing, guys. It doesn't work unless you actually mean it. <laughs> so if you don't haven't earned their trust, you don't have no credibility, they don't trust you, it's going to come off as fake and you're just going to drive them away. So when you give feedback, start with the evidence. Ask them, right? What kind of consequences do you think this is causing for the team? Oh, you know, people are upset and people are frustrated and they aren't focused. It's like, okay, well, you know, what do you think this is costing us as a team and costing the company in terms of revenue? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't. I was just thinking about me. I wasn't thinking about the, the bigger span of things. It's like, okay. And, you know, kind of land the plane gently at the end, right? Reassure them. And this is how I ended the conversation. I was just like, look, Esther, we like having you here. We want you to be here. And in order to stay here, we need you to show up by 9.05 each day. 
be very specific in the ask, right? Don't say, hey, show up on time. Say, like, well, what's on time, right? Then they have like wiggle room to play around with. And it's not like you're trying to say, are they just pushing boundaries to see what they can get away with? You're just asking them to affirm the intention and the benefit of honoring the expectations you have for them. Because the cost of not is much worse, right? And people don't want to admit that. You're like, oh, you know, I don't want to have this conversation. It's like, what's that costing you? You're already mad at the fact that people aren't showing up on time. Now you can't even stay focused. So that was a big step for me in initiating these kind of conversations, recognizing that I couldn't afford to stay silent. Absolutely. I um interesting that you say that is as, as we, my leadership team and I, when we talk about consequences to the team members, none of us likes writing anybody up. I mean, we just don't. It's not a pleasant thing. Okay. But we talk about and this is how I coach them is that, you know, you have to give very specific observations, not you didn't do a very good job. That's what is that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't not, like it. <laughs> right. It's not specific, but you have to give very specific observations on what was or wasn't being done. And if metrics are there, like with the time, that was empirical data, period, not non refutable, that yeah. that also needs to be presented. Um, we wrote up a young lady one time that actually thanked us for writing her up. I was extraordinarily surprised. Um, she was a young lady, um, pretty much fresh out of college and we have a very flexible work structure. So, you know, we, we're not going to complain about somebody showing up at nine Oh five. We have flexible hours, but there was some things going on, not meeting deadlines, which is one of our big criteria. Okay. And, and so she, she was like, you know, Hey, that was a wake up call. I think I needed to hear that to understand what the expectations are. So there's also the need from the employee side. They need to know what the expectations are. And unfortunately, sometimes it does take getting to a write-up for them to take it serious. Um, because yes, many conversations were had before this particular one that I referenced, just like in your case with Esther. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what other piece of advice would you like to give to our listeners as they are dealing with conflict in the workplace? You know, maybe what's one takeaway that they could take away today? Yeah, yeah. Um, the first phrase that comes to mind is, uh, if you're struggling to find courage, use curiosity instead. Ooh, I like that. And so let's give an example, right? Let's, let's walk people through how to apply this. Let's say I have a problem with a vendor and they're just not, we have either the products that they're sending us are of quality, you know, or it's just not showing up on time. Just clearly there's something that's the ball's getting dropped somewhere and we're just not happy with what's going on behind the curtain because the results that they're spitting out are not good. And so normally, right, you're like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to tell them how to do the job, but I'm just unhappy, right? And we just like, well, you know, maybe if we just give them a little more grace, maybe this will work. It's like, well, no, this is going on for, let's say it's been going on for what, two months now. They've already established a very difficult pattern. So you just get on the phone and you say something like, hey, if you're lacking courage, oh, like I don't want to, I don't want to tell them how upset I am because I just don't want to, I don't, I know I've been on the other end of that, right? When people are upset with me and I don't want to put anyone in that. It's like, okay, well, hey, just ask them, right? Hey, I was just wondering, could you explain to me exactly your process for, you know, how these get delivered to us? Here's what I've noticed, right? Kind of like the I thing that we talk about. You're like, the drugs show up, you know, we ask for overnight shipping by 10 o'clock, but they're not showing up till 3 p.m. And when I get the package, the package itself is fine. But when I open up, the product itself is like smashed up and, you know, it's just not usable. So based on, you know, these observations, right? Like, I'm just trying to understand, like, what's going on that would lead to this? Now, right, you're not 
having the courage to be like, okay, you know, I got to just convince them that they're wrong and they got to step up their game and I'm going to threaten them to take, we're going to take our business elsewhere because this is unacceptable. What if you just got more of the story? What if you just Mm -hmm. like say, Hey, explain to me what's going on here, please. I just need an explanation because I just, I'm just wondering any other business in this situation would be upset with this. And, you know, so we're not upset, right. I will go ahead and say that out loud for the clearance of the people that realize this is, I am not upset. I am just curious. And then you just launch into say, hey, here's this evidence here. It's very strange. And it wasn't what we expected based on, you know, what we paid for and what we thought this part would be in tech. Can we get some explanations from your side as to what's going on? Right. And they say something, oh, yeah, we had a new guy. Right. And, you know, he's just kind of he was just must have been under a lot of stress and just was just trying to rush to get everything out and then must have picked the wrong shipping you know, time. And then. You can tell them, well, it's like, okay, now that you've given me this explanation, thank you for that. Right now I have context. So what's your next action? Now we're starting to move forward. Now that's a fun question, right? Because now you've shift from, well, this reason, these are reasons. Okay, well, what's your next action? And so that's where the curiosity comes in, right? To say, hey, I just want to shine a flashlight on what's going on back here. I have my own ideas. I have my own justifications. But let me just shine a flashlight. What's going on here, guys? And then that way you can get to the heart of the issue without putting anybody on edge, right? That is an incredible tip. So use your curiosity to investigate and then swing into negotiation, basically. I like that. So you just totally take the conflict out of the conflict. I love it. Yeah, there you go. Trademark that slogan, please. (laughs) Just take the conflict out of the conflict. Perfect. So Jerry, um, if our listeners want to catch up with you after the podcast, how can they find you? Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn is a is an easy way. That's the one social media platform I'm on. But all the good stuff happens at my website, which is www.adaptingleaders.com. And I say this because you can download a free guide on a five-step framework to handle difficult conversations. You can schedule a complimentary 30-minute call. Just tell me what you're working on. Just get a sample of coaching uh, to help experience its benefits. Or you can just read the free blog. Uh, where I summarize and give you insights on useful leadership literature and other life hacks. Formal coaching packages are available for either, you know, yourself or the organization you think would benefit from this. Uh, but, you know, depending on your budget, if you just want to start with uh, with bootstrapping, hey, there's stuff there. And if you're saying, hey, you know, I'm, I want and I want premium dollar for the, for the big enchilada, hey, that's there for you too. <laughs> Perfect. Jerry, this has been a delightful conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thanks, Denise. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast, where the focus is on business growth, technology, and people strategies to help your business thrive. At DCA Virtual Business Support, our focus is making your business operations run smooth so you can focus on growth. Reach out to me at denise at dcavirtual.com if you'd like to learn more.